Welcome to another edition of Michael L. Craver Presents. It's been a long time in the making. Almost three months to the day since I've recorded an episode. This uh, interesting twist. And I've talked about in my previous episodes about how I live my life in this seasonal fashion. That I might eat pork in parts of the year. Or you might work out a lot here and maybe not so much there. With all of the beautiful weather, and especially some things that I've been going through to develop leadership qualities at my career job, I just have decided I didn't have enough personal trauma and (laughs) tragedy to record episodes. (laughs) I mean, it boils down to a need. There's this Jordan Peterson quote that I have hanging on my wall over there that says... uh, Write about things you find important and see if you can discover what you believe to be true. Okay. The other quote that I have written is from the same thing, November um, 7th, 2018. So if you look it up on YouTube, I think it's a discussion in New Amsterdam University. He says, why write if you don't have a problem? Yeah, I've been writing a couple of things, even though I don't have a problem. But it's, it's more or less a way to communicate this very complicated universe of people working together and how nature affects it and that kind of thing. And I've tried to tell it as a story so that you can understand, you know, the population being the way it is, you know, there's, you got five fingers. How much weight can each finger hold? Well, your thumb and your, right, before they break. All right, and then the rest of the hand is in trauma and it has to complicate things by healing itself. While the other fingers are still holding weight, that's right. So if you fuck up the water or the air or the you know the land, the sea. So you've got <laughs> people living in more and more places and then more and more people and it uses more and more resources. And it's got strange effects. Anyhow, uh, my relationship was a lot like that um this captain phillips versus somali pirates kind of relationship that i had i do consider myself kind of a tom hanks kind of guy i grew up watching all of his stuff and you know of course if you've seen uh, you know the old classics of turner and hooge and big and all that stuff you grew up with tom hanks and he plays captain phillips in the um the movie which is titled captain phillips but this struggle that I go through with this hostage negotiation, right? You get into a relationship with somebody. Are they able to say they're sorry? Are they able to apologize? Can they say they're wrong, right? It's my favorite question. I've talked about this in several episodes. Hey, when's the last time you were wrong? <laughs> Never! Fucking Floyd Mayweather over here. <laughs> Honey, you're a little taller than you used to be. You're not in the welterweight division. If I, <laughs> I don't even know whatever, whatever division Mayweather's in while he's kicking all that ass. But look, I uh, I ran across a song a couple of weeks ago. I got an email because I've been a Noel Gallagher fan for 27 years, whatever it is now, since uh, I first heard Oasis uh, play or heard the you know the radio 
Champagne Supernova. I was out on my trampoline. I'll never fucking forget it. Sunset when I heard that song on 107.5. KZL. Here in the uh, the Eagle. Uh, here in the, the North Carolina area. Now they play a lot of, lot of French music. Or, or as I call it, hot, hot garbage. What the fuck they're playing? Um, and so I, I fell in love with that. Noel Gallagher has been, you know, been influencing so many things with music for me because I'll turn on an album while I'm at work and peace instantly. So his new song, and I didn't understand it. I thought he had a new album coming out. So it's hey, new new single from Noel Gallagher. Great. It's called "We're on Our Way," and I got to looking into it and. I put off listening to it for like three or four days. I was like, man, I'm not ready for the Noel Gallagher single to be hitting me. I'm just not in, I gotta have the right mojo. And I, it's just fucking beautiful. I don't know how long he sat on that song, but um, I'll tell you a short backstory because it's my fucking podcast. The backstory of Noel Gallagher's 2017 album is that he got with a new producer and he told him scrap everything that you've ever worked on that sounds like Oasis everything basically that you know in so many words they start recording some it sounds like 50s dance music played in the club and some people really like that stuff some people don't and ironically enough and think about this I'm smiling now Tom Hanks apparently approached Noel Gallagher at some kind of party and said, Hey, I really love that song. You know, Holy Mountain is, is the third track off of his 2017 album. <laughs> I fucking hate that album. <laughs> every, uh, every second of it. Every second. I fucking hate it. Because he put everything else on hold. He doesn't say, it doesn't sound anything like his old music. And... Um, there's a bonus track called uh, Dead in the Water that's recorded over in Ireland. I think the radio station's called RTE or something. And um, that's only available on bonus editions of the release. But it's on YouTube, and I ran across it, and it's fucking beautiful. Beautiful. It's just this acoustic of him strumming his guitar and a man in a piano uh, in the same room. They make you know magic happen. They recorded that I guess sometime in the past, and then they needed a single, you know, or something for bonus material, and they brought out something old. Well, of course, it sounds different than this David Koresh crap they put on the new CD. But um, I don't know. Noel's been a, it's, it's such a big deal, and we're on our way. The newest song to get around to that is from the old days, but it's about. Um, or what it looks like it's about is people who don't get to say goodbye to each other. And the relationship that I was in sort of abruptly ended and on and off for a long time. So when I said, you know, we should really discuss some things and make peace and there's, you know, financial this and possessions this and emotional this and let's get all that out on the table and clear the air kind of thing nothing and my position that i put myself in is i'm a person who's always talked about this on my shows math and science and if you're a math and science person is your relationship does it fit the criteria of, you know where it's got the odds of success right when you ask me about baseball or basketball or otherwise i'm going to tell you 
Well, yeah, that team's probably favored to win. If the other team wins, it's an upset. But, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody will trip, fall, tear muscle. You know, there's so many things that go into the outcome. But statistically, right, you could put the odds on it, right? And so, uh, you know, we, we don't jump all over the meteorologist publicly. I mean, we do it privately. But when your team loses, oh, when they win, yay. But Doug Stanhope has this wonderful uh, analogy about the Yankees. Fuck the Yankees. <laughs> he said they're supposed to win. They spent the most money. They bought the best players. They're supposed to win, right? Well, <laughs> it's true, <laughs> you know. That's it. But other people will be like, that's why they play the game. All right, well, I grew up on the WWF, and Vince McMahon would constantly be in your ear, you know, the two guys are in the ring going at it, four guys, tag team, whatever it is. And he says, anything can happen in the WWF. So, you know, you know maybe the little guy will win, pull one out every now and then. But uh, this relationship that I was in was, you know, it's kind of like it's doomed from the beginning or something. We got a, a significant age difference, and politics, she has none. I've got some, but I don't, I'd be breaking the first rule if I got into politics, you know, because first step in any process to give a fuck. And from there, I just started looking at it, and I was like, okay, so my finances are in, in this shape. Hers are in this shape. My organizational skills are here. Hers are there. My ambition is here. Hmm, she's she's ambitious. There's, that kind of lines up. Um, she's attractive. She finds me attractive. Those, those things. So you got energy, right? However misguided it could or could not be. Going in what you hope to be a good direction where you want to enjoy each other's company and all that kind of stuff. But the decisions come from these other parts, right? you got two fingers on the hand that are, you know, it's kind of like you're making one of those guns with your ring finger. And your pinky finger pointed back, your thumbs up. All right. Well, you got two fingers down, and then the other ones are still out. And really, that's what was wrong in many facets of our relationship throughout is we may or may not agree on values, um, what the most logical or economical thing is, right? And she is an extremely emotional person who is influenced by trends or buzzwords. I'm not. I'll use them in an ironic or a funny way, but I don't believe in all that bullshit. So if I'm talking to you and I say, you know, the best way to get from here to that place five miles away is directly, right? You ever draw on something? You draw a protractor, you draw a circle, you got your nucleus there in the middle for scientific purposes, right? You got your starting point in the middle of the circle and you want to get to this place five miles away. Well, the most direct thing you can do is get there straight, right? Straight lines, the shortest distance between two points. But sometimes you got to zigzag because there's not a direct route. But her sense of direction is gone. She'll tell you that. Without GPS, you ain't never going to see her again. And it's just how it is. And so people are like that. They grew up in this GPS generation. When I was a professional wrestler and I would get told, you know, hey, we're going to this town in Tennessee or Virginia, or, you know, wherever we're going. Well, you go up 81, get off the exit, and there should be a poster at such and such gas station. Or ask the guy where the building is. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. And the phones don't work up there if we had cell phones. So that's just how it was. And 
It's interesting. It's interesting because, uh, well, you could have printed MapQuest out back then. But <laughs> that would have killed my sense of adventure. But, you know, for the, the newer generation, GPS is everything. Facebook is everything. The new trends are everything. Got to try that new makeup product. Got to try that new formula. You know, the whey protein, the powder in the morning, new smoothies, new shakes, new vegan, new instant loss, new multi-level marketing. Oh, you get the vaccine? Hell no. Why aren't you going to get the new vaccine? I don't trust that shit. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> How do you trust all of this other propaganda? And you don't trust the vaccine? Because. Really? Do you take a... Ibuprofen every now and then? Your friend's got diabetes over there. You, you were thinking if he gets into shock, we're going to have to stab him with an EpiPen. Maybe your grandpa wants to be able to make love to your grandma, and so he uses the Viagra. Yeah, they're all made by the same companies. <laughs> I don't trust that shit. Really? You don't trust? I don't trust McDonald's, but I'll feed their chicken nuggets to my kids. If I can get the fuck out of here, you'll eat these Frankenstein chickens and beef and this unregulated, untested bullshit that they put into GNC. It's not tested. There's no rules about putting stuff off the, shel uh, the shelf of the GNC. And you go over there and you're taking this powder, and then you wonder why the UFC fighters can fight the Nevada State Athletic Commission and get their suspensions overturned for performance-enhancing drugs, it's because things that come out of these manufacturing facilities are dirty. They're not clean. They're not tested. Those guys are tested, so they get the back end of it. Just, it is what it is. DSC. Questions in my head, filling me with dread. So many options. What's the right razor? So much back hair. Should I get laser? Should I get laser? Do I I shave my thin and dome. Can you fix my swampy zone? I become my dad, I'm like his clone. You got questions, we got answers. You got questions, we got answers. What happened to my college pets? What's with this freaking turkey Is neck? It okay to cry like Niagara Falls? How often should I check my balls? Here, my list of things. We're going, we're going to jump away from Noel Gallagher's on away. Eliminate positives. That's the biggest thing that I've taken away from the last few months is I've, I've approached it, and I said this to the, to the young lady I was with. I said, look, if you want to know how I approach things and you want to approach them in the same direction, I eliminate everything positive that could come out of a situation, all the possible solutions, before we start looking at negativity and Basically, ransom is a good way of saying that, right? You want to take everything that you could possibly do to try to work with somebody and, and exhaust it. Now, for some people, they're not willing to, to stay that course, right? They'll take the top three possibilities. Oh, I tried. I understand that too, right? You, as, as people might say, you cut your losses. All right, what else we got here? Reasonable, 82. Look, I, I'm going to remain anonymous about where I was and everything else here, but... Uh, there's an old story that I came across recently. Somebody accused the company that I was working with way back when that uh, it was age discrimination or something like that. So you, just, you just don't want us to be in the front of the line. 
And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) You know, if we if we're taking your information over the phone or you, you know, you come in person or whatever you do, we don't know as we're making these arrangements what your age is based on the information you've given us. We don't ask for birth dates or, you know, the era that you're born in or social security number or anything else. So I don't know what numeric value or any other intrinsic qualification we could use to get a lead on how old you may or may not be right how many people named william alexander are there in the world there's a ton of them right what are you you taking a guess you know so i just this this person had said to me hey um you're discriminating against older people and your company just doesn't want (laughs) to I said, look, so you ever seen how you go to the theme park, I guess now it would be social distancing, but you go somewhere and they've got all these turnstiles and they've got all these checkpoints, right? You go through the line and you move up one spot in the line, right? Every time somebody at the front, at your doctor's office, you take a number, right? And so that number gets used and then the next person and so on. And the number you came in and picked will eventually be called in that order. So these these folks wanted to be seated, and they were like, "Why are we having to wait behind all these other people?" Well, because that's the order in which you came in. Well, we were here before, or you forgot something or another, whatever it was. And I said, "Look, it's just like if you go to the doctor's office, you're the next one to come in. You take the next number, and you be at the back of that line." Well, can't you bump somebody? And I said, I don't. Why would we bump somebody that's already in good faith in that place in line? Like that's we don't do that. It's fair to everyone. We don't bump one person for one person. Everybody gets treated the same. And it's much like uh, I'm going to make the example in modern times of social distancing. You go to a store and they have the uh, circles on the floor, the squares, whatever they have for social distancing. So what I said to the guy was, I said it's it's like when you take the ticket and. You know, you're in the back of the line. For modern times, what I would tell you is, if you work in my industry, if you work in customer service or otherwise, when someone is complaining about spacing, about timing, about waiting, that kind of thing, I said to um, to myself, you know, th- that would be the same thing as a calendar. Calendars are divided into grids and rectangles, right? So you got the seven days of the week and the one below it and the third week and the fourth week. So tell them that. If you wanted to come into a store and be in the front of the line, those other people in line are not going to let you in the front of the line, right? you got to go back line. And if you're going to be put on, let's say, a calendar, you're going to go to the back of the line. Now, if your argument is, well, that's, that's right there and that's going to happen in a few minutes and the other one's going to happen in a few days, same concept. You're going to move up one slot. If it's one circle at the store or one box on the calendar, as those days go by, you'll be closer and closer to your appointment. It's just how it is. And uh, some folks that were working with me found that very helpful as we were talking this week about how to approach um, people and, and explain it to them in a way that they can see it. And I said, well, sometimes I strike it lucky when it comes to being able to say something out loud that people can visualize. So that was, that was an interesting thing. Vaccine analogies and consistency. Look, I've, I've been over this many times where we, you know, I've been down the road of 
the dog chased the cat that ate the monkey, you know, whatever. Get it if you want to. Don't if you don't. I don't have know that I have all the tetanus vaccines or whatever I'm supposed to. You don't want to get a COVID vaccine? Don't get it. But don't blame the companies. You're using their other products. I don't trust no Honda. Well, I'll drive an Accord, but not a pilot, you know, or a... Get the fuck out of here. Like, your logic needs to be better. If you want to narrow it down to one thing, narrow it down to, okay, testing. All right, well, in your life, all I'm looking for is consistency. And I'm not trying to be a smart ass to you, but if you've got a bathroom medicine cabinet full of experimental bullshit or you've got a workout section in your kitchen where you're taking proteins and unknown supplements known from wherever, you're drinking magic milkshakes or whatever it might be, Stuff's not tested either. You know, it just is what it is. Uh, if you're drinking out of aluminum cans your whole life, you're more apt to get Alzheimer's. I got told 25 years ago by my grandfather, hey, people that eat out of aluminum pots get Alzheimer's because the aluminum collects in their brains. It's the same thing as drinking water out of those P3 water bottles. It's more apt to give you cancer because the <clears throat> plastic that's in that water bottle is made from fossil fuels. It's the same thing as plastic or polymer on a car. It's made from fucking... Petroleum. It's gas. And so if, once you drink, those are cancer-causing agents. So once you let the water break down, if you leave your water bottles in a hot car or otherwise, throw them the fuck away. Because it will break down and get into the water, and eventually that can build up inside of you. Streamline. Yeah, that's a that's my new word. Cleaning. I've, I've cleaned out filing cabinets and totes and been doing things. I just call it streamlining. Or as uh, some of us call it with... Um, we were talking trash to whoever it was. And we said, we're thinning the herd. Well, yeah, you're narrowing it down to the best of the best. That's that's my way of, in a competition, a hierarchy of saying it. But if you're personally just cleaning out your possessions and so forth, I call that streamlining for now. Maybe you'll have another word later. But I really enjoyed, like, I'm going to use this. Somebody else is welcome to use that. And just going, you know, I don't need all this. I got two hands, 10 fingers and 24 hours in a day. What am I going to do with all this stuff? I go on this podcast and I talk about how much stuff people use and then what gets thrown in the ocean or how much space people take up and, you know, the value of natural resources. The pie graph of, of you know, a, a healthy human population versus the wild versus the elements of the earth and, and what makes the cycle go around at the most comfortable level. And here I am, you know, I don't keep a lot of stuff, so let's be clear about that. But even for what I did have laying around, I said, hmm, yeah. Let's go with fewer things that are more significant in my life. They, they mean more. They're more functional. They're more prominent. And that's what I do. Uh, and speaking of that, uh, the next thing on my list is uh, I, that I'd written down. I, I was looking at cars. Not seriously. And that's going to wrap up all of this. Um, I looked at some different things. And I said, man, as, I'm, as I got more money in the bank and you know my credit's better as i've gotten older and stuff like that right i can afford a much more extravagant whatever kind of vehicle and i thought well now that's an interesting defense when people tell you that you've got a midlife crisis maybe you just had a financing crisis before that <laughs> maybe you couldn't afford that porsche suv or camaro or whatever people are riding around as they get a little bit older all the old people got these. I made fun of this on an earlier episode. There's, it seems to me the the more 
you look at the nice trucks, it's guys who are getting up there in age, that kind of thing, who are unable to really use and abuse those trucks. They might not even be able to load anything in the back of those trucks, and yet they can afford them. Ain't that something? <laughs> they got this truck, they, you know, it cost all this money. And what are they doing with that truck? They're driving it around like they're, you know, carrying their soccer trophy. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. And speaking of that, the last thing on my list is that uh, the housing crisis and, and cars too. But the analysis that I have in this situation is like if you buy an electric car and you have to get a car charging station to go in your house, you're going to pay an energy bill. You're going to pay a higher maintenance cost on those cars because there's fewer people, it's newer parts, it's higher technology or higher price technology. You're getting yourself into a hell of an investment. Well, I'm going to save money by buying this hybrid and save the environment and so forth. Well, all the technology and the research and development that goes into that car and then having to change out the batteries, and right? You're still doing the same thing that other people are doing. Your money's just going into a different place. And the waste is just going into a different category. Pollution goes up in the air and, then, you know, we hope the trees clear it up or, you know, the greenhouse effect doesn't destroy all of us. But... If you do it all electrically, what do you think most electric plants burn, right? It's coal-fire generated, most of it. Now, there's wind and solar and all that. But you got to remember that in order to make that technology and install all that technology and move all those things, you're still using a great deal of resources if it's scientifically to run the labs and, and the amount of carcinogens that go into the air. The, what do they call it? Those BTUs that come out of the air conditioning and so forth. So your trade-off is less gas here, but more carcinogens there, right? So it's not burned through petroleum. It's used up through these other cells and things that, that happen as technology gets in its ripe old age. We discard that. We take the old batteries. We chuck them in the landfill, the ocean, whatever they do with them, and then we start over again. So this car has actually cost significantly more money than if you were to just buy a car like this. The difference being that as long as you keep reproducing at the rate that most people do, there are more cars on the road. I mean, we never found like a balance as a population. Now, different forces of nature and pandemics and things are helping us find what the ceiling is. But people just don't stay aware of that. They don't. And... um you know, the housing market thing. So loans are lower. Yeah, but the prices are higher. So if you get a lower loan with an extra $60,000 on it, are you really getting that much of a deal? What if you could have just gotten a higher interest rate on a lower priced house? Aren't you breaking even any? <laughs> what? Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm thinking, no shit, man. You know, and it costs you $20 to go through the first toll booth, or you can go through 10 toll booths at $2. I don't know. <laughs> People, something else, dude. The last thing that I, I, I don't have written down here, before I got up and I started to record, uh, Rachel Maddow, I had this this clip on the TV that was playing where she is going off about, uh, what is it, Republicans? and Now we know. You know, Democrats are proposing this crazy awesome infrastructure plan for broadband and bridges and roads and they're just not meeting us halfway. They won't sign off on it. And I thought to myself, okay, look, let's be very clear here. If you have a budget of $100 and somebody else comes in and goes, hey, why don't we do this thing over here that costs $300? And you go, well, it's not in the fucking budget. 
And they go, all right, well, we'll do it for $200. And you're still not in the budget. What the hell are you talking about? 100 that's the ceiling. But it, in terms of the way that the economy and the decisions are being made, it's like there is no fucking ceiling. Money doesn't have a finite value, right? The, the currency will change based on how much money we print or the, the debt ceiling. And your money's worth less here. So if you take it to another country, you're, you know, U.S. dollars are worth less. Now, are you giving people a lot of money to stay at home? Yes, and, and this may not be part of what you have had as a discussion, or if you don't think of these things, great. If you thought of them, you're my hero. You give, you give people their stipend for unemployment. You give them the supplement for unemployment, so the extra 300 a week, perhaps. There's, there's an extra child supplement for many people that comes in. You also have, those, all, every one of those people is going to qualify for SNAP or FNS for food nutrition services, so they're going to get an extra you know, one to $300 of food Per month on top of that, which is, you know, roughly what $75 a week or something. So for every month that those folks are getting $300 times four weeks, it's an extra $1,200 a month. The food nutrition is extra $300. There's $1,500 a month. And then they give you Medicaid for however many people you're qualifying for. And if you use that, woo, $2,000 a month, man, it's $24,000. Yeah, besides whatever you're getting in Social Security that you qualify for to begin with. And they had suspended all of the qualifications and the accountability. Used to be that you had to sign up for unemployment and then in good faith, and every week you still had to do this, you sign off on a question list. I think it's 12 questions that says, did you you know, find work? Did you start work? Did you end work? Did you pursue work? Have you had any educational training? And then you had to keep logs of who you applied with and follow up with them. And if you didn't have that and they audited you, you might have to give all the fucking money back. So they suspended all of that. Now, recently, a lot of the states, and that's what the Republican governors and some of the other governors are doing, is they're going back and saying, we're going to reinstate those clauses so that you have to be accountable if you're getting unemployment. And, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Biden's just like, I don't, understand not being truthful i mean it's fine to to make the decisions you make but just be fucking truthful like i started off the podcast by saying if you can't be you can't say the last time you were wrong you made a mistake you can't compromise and apologize whatever well i guess i saw the question asked you know do you think that uh all this money you're giving away has got anything to do with the jobs report no absolutely not like what the fuck Do you think the gas shortage has anything to do with the price of gas? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> I feel like... Oh, uh, it's just strange to see people make decisions for other people. It's, it's the crux and the paradox that the folks at the lower end of corporate America and these, these big box and chain and whatever corporations have a disconnect between the boardroom and the working floor is that many of those people might have worked there at some point in the past many people went to college and and bypassed all that stuff but otherwise the people on the floor don't understand the same kind of logic the people at the top do and maybe vice versa so when you ask them like why does this not work or you know why can't we just turn a knob or what you know it's a very complex thing and uh, i have said to people in the past who've offered me promotions over top of a job I never had, like to jump up the ladder, that I said to myself, uh, I I don't like that. 
I told them I don't necessarily like that. It's a it's a flattering offer. But if I don't know that job inside and out, maybe I don't know the ways that people can work around or be procrastinating or skim money or make bad decisions. I don't know all those things, right? Because I've not been in that job long enough to kind of do a little uh, reconnaissance on my own. And uh, I think that's important. It's important. Uh, Elon Musk got interviewed, and I would link you to it or something, but uh, I've decided not to put any sound clips in this episode. Somebody asked him about, you know, do you think there's too many MBAs in, you know, in business or something like that? And he's like, MBAs don't, they don't mean anything, right? You got a room full of people who are MBAs. They're all idiots. They don't know anything about, you know, the decisions they're making and, and where it goes. It's all just, they're analyzing stuff from a long way away. And what he said, I would equate to people on television who are in my position. They're social commentators who've never been in many of the jobs and the things that they're talking about. They look at it from afar. They talk to people about those positions, about those situations. And then they come back and tell you about it. But they don't do it objectively. They then personally have an investment in how it gets said and playing this, um, let's say, character that they have. So now they're, they've drawn these lines in the sand and they have an allegiance to whatever the character and the show and the production believes or is pushing as an agenda. And so that's where it becomes this thing that folks say, well, the media, you can't trust the media. As long as people are watching and buying into that stuff, that's what they're going to do. They're still privately run organization. Nobody's required them to tell the truth. The The whole idea that Trump didn't have to tell the truth, they don't have to tell the truth either. Like, <laughs> I don't know. This, this logic all washes throughout the system and downstream. And then when the water, you know, goes out into the ocean and you look at what's left of this flood that came through the town, it's all just a bunch of wreckage. Everything, good, bad, ugly, all of it is destroyed because we just decided we were not going to be objective. We were not going to just be a messenger. We were going to be an artist. Larry down there says, hey, hey. Larry says, this is what we're going to be doing in six months. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Now I'm going to come to you and tell you what I think they're going to be doing in six months. Well, wait a minute. That's what Larry said. Well, wait a minute. Now, do we trace this back to the source and try to figure out if this is even true to begin with? Mm -mm. No, I'm going to spin it and I'm going to do my thing. And then if it ever washes down, you know, stream, whatever the source of the original information is at some point might come to light and might make all of us look foolish but if you thought you had a good piece of information the way that people take a scientific study sometimes they'll leak out part of a an unfinished scientific study and say well if you drink a glass of wine a day that's like spending an hour on a treadmill that's not true <laughs> it was never true somebody came out and said that on tv long before the study was ever finished you know, it turns out that what they said was not only a, a gamble at the time, it's not true. It was proven not true. And so I just, the more I think about that, the more I line it up to like the relationship place that I was in. I kept looking at, you know, all the signs, the odds and everything and going, you know, I think I'm seeing a little progress. Like you're digging a little here and you like what you see and you, you know. It's like living on the beach. Like it's nice for a long time. You think you got a solid house, et cetera, et cetera. But then you know you never know. Nature can come through, and even the playing field. 
and that's part of what I was thinking about writing in, in my or I, I have written in my piece um, and it's part of what everybody should consider that if if you are not getting to the source of things if you're basing yourself on trends and magic formulas and you're not just educating yourself enough to know here is the science behind the decision I'm making here's the evidence behind what I'm being told you know here you are out there buying some Tesla oh man it's a Tesla why don't you just buy a used Honda for $5,000 because it's a Tesla you know, if I can... <laughs> but, but for your money for the sake of the planet right you'll come out ahead to get the Honda <laughs> Mm-mm. You know, and people <laughs> just fucking foolish like that. They don't understand how to do like cost analysis or how to consider the things that may or may not be their uh, first choice being what will in the long run be the best choice. Listen up. The soap you shower with, it's You probably haven't even questioned what bar of soap you lather up with. Let's face it. Most guys don't. They're still using whatever bar their mommy bought for her little man. Is that what you want? To smell like mama's little man? Ugh. But now you can upgrade your shower game with Dr. Squatch Natural Soap. I'm talking about natural, nourishing, cold-pressed, hand-cut soap for men. Men who use their hands. Men who build things. Men who open the pickle jar on the first try. Men who catch foul balls without spilling their beer. You won't just smell good either. Your skin will be healthier and more nourished. Dare I say, soft. Oh, men aren't supposed to have soft skin? Yeah, well men weren't supposed to cry during movies. And then they made the movie Rudy. He's so little. You wanna smell like the forest? Boom, pine tar, we've got you. You wanna smell like the sea? Boom, nautical sage, we've got you. You wanna smell like you just got off a boat in the Caribbean? Boom, bay rum, we've got you. And with six more cents, we've got you covered no matter what kind of man you are. Now you're wondering why have I been doing it wrong for so long? During the First World War, big soap started taking out all the natural ingredients to make production cheaper and faster. And they replaced all the natural stuff with chemicals. Chemicals like sodium lauryl sulfate, parabens, and dioxane. Chemicals linked to depression, liver damage, cancer, and low sperm count. And worst of all, dry skin. Oh, your poor balls, all dry, empty, and sad. But there's good news. We make our soaps with natural ingredients from the earth. Ingredients like oils, plants, goat's milk, Greek yogurt, oatmeal, shea butter, and citrus. No, turn your shower game up to 11. With the smooth lather of gold moss or the exfoliating woodsy bliss that is pine tar, get ready to step out of the shower feeling alive. Still not sure? Here's a couple reviews from real customers. Joseph S. says, This is the perfect bar of soap. It's like it was handcrafted in the Northwest forest by beautiful tiny elves. Oh, Tiny Elves isn't enough for you? Well, here's another review from Michael A. It makes you feel like you just stepped out of a mountain stream and Squatch was there to hand you the towel. 
time for you to get the right tool for the job. Because you're worth it, my friend. We ship it right to your door. And with a 100% satisfaction guarantee, if it's not the best bar of soap you've ever used, it's on us. Tens of thousands of men already subscribe. Which means that every month, fresh new bars of Squatch show up at their door. Click the link for Dr. Squatch Natural Soap. Real soap for real men. Or don't. And continue to be mommy's little helper. That's a wrap. All right, Woo! nice. Yeah. Nice. Did he click it yet? Did he click the link? He hasn't clicked the link? I would have when I heard about the dry, sad balls. Oof. Man, what's this guy doing? Click the link, man. Step up your shower game. Right now, today, something looks shiny and looks enticing. It's like jewelry, this costume jewelry that you buy from people. But it's not the expensive jewelry that, that is, you know, refined through other means. It's just nonsense. And I just, I can't for the life of me approach things from that sort of, a, to, to me that's reckless, from that reckless mindset. You know, and I guess this is more about me than anything else, but as I got into a situation where I trusted somebody else and, and sort of just went along with their judgment and said, okay, well, I can probably live with whatever decisions we make and wherever we go. But if something goes wrong and they never pick it up, right? They never go, oh, that, that was me. That was me. I called that play. I fumbled that ball. I made that decision. It's my fault. I'm sorry. I was wrong. If they're not accountable and they're not a true team player, well, maybe you both weren't trying to win. Maybe they were just some glory hog or they were just in it for the, you know, the people who joined the team just to wear the, the jacket and, and get some attention. Yeah. This did it for the vanity and the whole point of, of the way I started this podcast was called Escaping Vanity. And it didn't bother me at all not to record episodes. And I've got a big list of things, a series on ownership that I want to go after. And this is pseudo in that realm where it's talking about cost analysis for cars and houses and the ownership of um, your decisions, more or less. So I appreciate you listening to me. I don't have any real funny stuff to tell you. Um, I just don't. Uh, dirty, I'm looking at this note on my desk. Dirty Lines About Fatherhood by Al Pacino. This is from Godfather 3. Dirty Lines About Fatherhood. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not what he was talking about. All right, so anyway. <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys have a beautiful uh Sunday, uh, I don't know when I'll record again. Maybe maybe another one today. But uh, Memorial Day is coming up, and, and there's plenty of time with all these guidelines and everything being lifted for people to figure out where they go from here. And that's what I'm doing. You know, I, I'd really like to be able to, for every piece of family and friendship and every very important decision you've made in the past, People leave an impression on you, and you always want to, you know, hey, wonder what happened to so-and-so. And that's kind of what I'm feeling today, even though it's not been very long for me to think, you know, I can tell you what happened to so-and-so. They're in the same boat I was in. 
and that boat is detailed in an episode uh, that I had earlier. It's in an article that I've written on my website. And it's what I knew when I uh, decided I would jump headfirst into a, into a relationship. The possibility of disaster. Now, as I wrap this up, I'm going to tell you that I've gone through a great deal of uh, reflection. I've had some great people talk to me through therapy and things. I feel like I'm probably the best version of Michael L. Craver there has ever been. And uh, I don't have to hype it up anymore. <laughs> it used to be, so I remember saying it to anybody's face, but you'd be thinking about a situation and somebody would ask you something. And in my head, I would say, hmm, what's your name? <laughs> in my head, i go, me? I'm Michael fucking Craver. <laughs> that's how it's always been. It's like, you know, I don't get nervous anymore. I don't get scared of anything. It's been a long time, but I I do get scared for other people, or I've, I fear for other people, and they're, they're playing with fire. They're living on the edge, and the forces of nature, or the economy, or the karmatic energies in this world We'll wash them downstream, and they'll be rebuilding from scratch. I hope that doesn't happen to anybody, but uh, sometimes those are the folks who they poke away at you, right? They're poking holes in the dam, and they open the floodgates on themselves. And uh, sometimes you can help people, and you can tell them, hey, why would you buy this car? Don't make that decision to say that thing on social media. Don't go out there and be running around saying some reckless nonsense about the vaccine or your politics or otherwise, right? Don't get labeled for the rest of your life. As I talked about in an earlier episode about being an addict, being a felon, whatever. you don't, Be branded a bigot, a racist, a hate monger. Okay. Those are things that other people think about you, and then whether you own it or not, that part's up to you, but the reputation, I guess, or the stigma is out there. And so I've done everything I can to uh, to try to improve myself, and I hope that you guys are too. If you have a chance to give somebody a little piece of advice, do it. If you have a chance to apologize, to say you're wrong, to, hey, wait a minute, is this the best way? Uh, just checking. There's nothing wrong with double-checking things and going a little bit slower. As I said, I'd rather have fewer, higher-quality things in my life. That's where I'm at. So it's uh, Sunday, May the 23rd. I heard some very, very, very cool news about my uh, brother. Uh, and uh, going to the dance. Going to the dance, or going to the show, as they call it in the old baseball movies. But I'm going to wrap this podcast up with something I remembered that I can't leave out of here. I'm going to leave him, and I'm going to call him Bill, because he is Bill. My son is William. I'm going to call him Bill. Several nights ago, 
I didn't have anything to do, right? I've been out of this relationship. I've had time on my own. And I said, I'm going to get out of the house. I'm going to go graze. I'm going to go look at Lowe's for products. I'm going to look at Home Depot for products. I'm just going to run around and see what I can add to my toolbox. Maybe I'll think about going over to Target or over to the mall. Or So uh, I'm out looking around, and... Uh, uh, I can't find anything, right? I'm I'm frugal. Like if I'm not going to, I made the analogy earlier in this episode. If I got ten fingers and twenty things, you know, I can only hold so many and fewer higher quality things. I did find something I needed, and I'm headed towards my car. And I go to the car, and I'm I had two things, and one I loaded into the car, and one I put on my trunk. And I see an old teacher walk by. I don't know if you can hear the smile in my voice. We always used to tell people that. You can smile on the telephone. Why? Because you can hear it. I'm quite thrilled that this happened. This is timing for you. So Bill walks by, and I, I have seen him in public a few times over the last few years, and I'll send something. You know, Maybe I'll tag him on Facebook, but not say hello. I know he's up to no good though. He's 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 very accomplished uh, in his. He retired from his profession, and he's been writing books and traveling the world and building a car by hand. And it's he's an amazing human being. So he's walking by and he's he's got something real heavy. He's pushing his cart. I leave. I've forgotten that I left anything on my trunk. I just. Saw him leave, walk on by, and there's not that many cars in the parking lot. It's like 9.30 at night. So I start walking behind him, but I'm 20 yards behind him. And as he starts getting closer to his car, I'm 10 yards behind him. And by the time he stops, I'm about right there with him. And I said, would you like some help loading that into your car? He says, well, yeah. And I said, well, you know, anything for my favorite teacher. And he was—he turned and looked at me, and he was like, I saw him when he turned to look at me, and he's like, oh, God, that's Michael Craver. <laughs> I said, how are you doing? He said, how you been? You know, and we have this hour-long conversation. I, he had had a hernia operation. It was a very heavy item. I put it in his back seat. It was, uh, I think he had like a... I call them the box cars, but it was like a Kia with the flat top. Looks like the old flat top from Kid and Play. So anyway, I load this into his car. We talk kids and politics and everything uh, for an hour, and and he's got to run. And that's always the story, you know. Two guys. I've I've had hundreds of conversations like this in my life where there's nothing going on that night. You run into somebody leaving work or whatever in the parking lot, and you talk till somebody's got to be somewhere or pick somebody up. Somebody's, I- I'm going to get in trouble. And that's how it went. And we thanked each other, and uh, I just thought it was amazing. You know, um, when you get a chance to pass along advice or give somebody wisdom or just good company, I... I'm so glad I said hello to him and I had that conversation. And the, the girl that I was in a relationship with, you know, I, I basically said to her, look, for the two of us, especially for yourself, it would be good to, to be able to get all of this out on the table and clear the air and everything. Now, I didn't have any grief or gripe or unfinished business with Bill. I don't know that I do with this other young lady, but... 
it's always good to just leave that as the first episode in this podcast says that open door policy there and you just discuss everything and all right is it, you don't do you need anything do you need to get anything off your chest is there anything i can do for you stuff like that and then you just go from there but if you hold all of that stuff in i can tell you your body will never be the same mentally physically you want to know why you got a little chip on your shoulder right you want to know why your skin's doing what it's doing you want to know why you can't quite shed those extra few digits on the scale that you're looking at you're carrying all that grief with you and you have the opportunity to set things right with the world because that's in the, if you want to believe in that kind of thing great if you don't that's fine but look at it and think about yourself and think about the people around you and look at that and look at that unfinished business that grief from missing a lost loved one from having a traumatic experience from just leaving unfinished business out on the table and saying you know i I really wish i could express myself or make peace or whatever those possibilities are the one that's right for you is what you should pursue and what you should check off the list you have unfinished business so I decided I would come out and do this podcast and discuss a lot of things, maybe throw some of this in there and see what I feel like afterwards. I don't know if I have any unfinished business after this because I decided after many, many attempts that if she wasn't going to speak to me, she's not going to speak to me. And people can do that. But I can speak to all of you. And I'm not unloading anything on you, uh, especially you, Anthony. Uh, but I am saying to you, if you got a chance to to do things a different way than what I have gone through, I would recommend doing them the other way. Thinking about buying a house right now, maybe think again. Same thing with the car and you know your reasoning behind the whatever inconsistent piece of your life might be. And from there, maybe you reflect a little bit. You put a lot of thought behind it. And when someone comes towards you and they want to have a conversation with you, you can tell them how you feel. You can articulate it down the line. Maybe you learn something, too, from having that conversation. You don't know everything. That's why you have the conversation. That's why they play the game, remember? That's why I got into the relationship. I thought I could beat the odds. Well, I don't know. Maybe after this I'll hear from her. Maybe I'll never see her again. But I know that for me... I'll continue to learn. I will continue to try to spread the many things that I know that have been beneficial to me to see if they might help somebody else. Because in many ways, people did tell me some of the things that I'm saying to you, and I didn't listen. So now I'm one more person <laughs> in that hot potato chain saying, Hey, hey, the potato's hot. Be careful. Oh, I got it, man. You only got ten fingers. Don't fuck them up.